0: is okay thank you to whoever um did that I always forget so um a lot of that I believe is because like I believe it's rare to experience that purity of love so it seems impossible um, that that kind of love even exists you know but when you get to come to the realization that it does exist um, and we have it available to us. It just, it changes your life. So um, in Psalm 8, one of my favorite scriptures, David says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Who am I that you are mindful Of me, You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands, and you put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So, Thinking about that then led me to think about, you know, the counterfeit versions of love that I've encountered over the years. And I'm sure I've been the giver of a lackluster love, so to speak, as well. But I've also found that um, a lot of times when you see people who have a harsh view of love, it's often because they lack the understanding of God's unconditional and unwavering love for us. Paul says in Romans 2, chapter 24, that it is no wonder that it is written, the name of the Lord is blasphemed among you. Some of the meanest people I've dealt with go to church five days a week, you know, midweek prayer and Saturday night fasting service and rehearsal this and, and trust and believe it's not a shot at people who choose to, you know, engage in, you know, the church activities, but when I read Colossians 2 that talks about the freedom from rules and what a new life in Christ looks like first Colossians 2 verse 23 says these practices indeed have the appearance that popularly passes as wisdom in self-made religion and mock Humility and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against sinful indulgence because they do not honor God. So it's not the perfect attendance or the late hours, the early mornings at the church that changes you nor is it what God is after. John 13 verse 35 states by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples and that is by your love. So it's not your ability to follow rules that people will know that you are Christ's disciples. It's none of that, but it's by the posture of your heart, how you love, how you treat those, around you, how you treat people that can't do anything for you, how you treat the stranger on the street. Remember remember the Bible tells us that we entertain angels unaware. So we don't know who we're encountering. Sometimes the the person that you believe is the least of among us is, is somebody that God is looking at you to honor, to treat with kindness. So it's by your heart's posture. That's what matters to God. In the days of the law, If you broke one law, essentially you broke them all, which is why we needed Christ in the first place. So we really don't need to hold on to the law because it was impossible to to follow it. You know what I mean? So that's why we needed Christ in the first place. Um, Jeremiah 9, verse 23 to 24 says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. So I want us to take a look at, um, some of the things that the early church did that exemplified love um, from my perspective. So in Acts 2 verse 45, we um, learned that a lot of the early disciples, they sold their property, they sold their possessions um, in order to be able to share the money that they got from selling their, their belongings to help those that were in need and then in acts 4 we learn of a man named Joseph who sold the field that he owned and he brought the money to the to the apostles so this man um his name was Joseph but we know him as Barnabas because the apostles nicknamed him that cuz Barnabas means the son of encouragement so i just want to spend a few minutes talking about Barnabas tonight and then um, we will be done with Bible study. So we know Barnabas as a mentor to Paul, right? Um, but I, I want us to take a look at how that came about. We all know the story of Saul before he was Paul. And at the time that Barnabas, he was already a leader. He was already traveling, preaching the gospel. Um, Saul was persecuting Christians at that time. And so we know about his conversion and the encounter that he had with Christ on the road to Damascus, where he was actually headed so that he can get more authority to further persecute Christians. Right. So we know that Saul was very educated. Um, he was well known. Um, he sat under like a chief Pharisee or a Pharisee doctor under ju- Jewish law, and. Um, in Acts 7, when we read about Stephen, when he was getting stoned, Stephen was one of the ones that um, the early disciples gave the responsibility to pass out food um, to the people. So he he too was a leader, but he was among one of the first being martyred for Christ during that time. And the scripture makes sure that we know in Acts 7, when that was happening, that Saul was there and he completely agreed. Was Stephen being martyred. So by the time that you know, Saul has his encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus, all of this has already happened. Saul has al- already built up a reputation of being um, a persecutor of Christians. He was known for that. So by the time he becomes a believer, people were still very much afraid of him. People, people, didn't, people doubted. His conversion. They did not know whether his conversion was authentic or not, and people were scared of him. However, Barnabas was not scared of him. Barnabas, um, he defended Saul's redemption to the rest of the apostles. Barnabas displayed the ability to love somebody beyond their past, and and we read about that in Acts chapter 9, verse 27. His love was sacrificial, right? So when we hear about Barnabas, we learn of him selling his field to help those in need. So his love was sacrificial. He was willing to go without so that others could have. Then all throughout the book of Acts, we see Paul traveling with Barnabas, and they encourage the people to be strong in their faith, according to Acts 14, verse 22. And then, If we keep reading, we'll see that in Acts 15, Paul and Barnabas, they separated for a while. And I'm actually going to read this scripture. I'm going to start with verse 36. It says sometime later, Acts 15, starting with verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John also called Mark with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. So in this specific situation, We see Paul lacking in grace and compassion, right? So um, apparently John had deserted them, right? So John made a mistake and he was a a flake, right? He was a faulty believer. He made a mistake and Paul was like, you know what? I'm done with John. Like, we're not going to travel with him to preach the world anymore. I don't want to take him with us. And Barnabas is like, no, we should take him with us. And when I read this, it made a lot of sense because Paul is a recovering Pharisee, but Barnabas in his character, in his consistent character as an encourager, as an exhorter, the same way that he treated Paul, he wanted, um, he, he saw Paul for who he was despite his past. He saw John in this same instance, despite that one mistake, he saw a redeemed version of John. The same way he was able to see the redeemed version of Paul, he saw the redeemed version of John in this instant. And so we see Paul lacking in grace and compassion. But what's interesting is if you read further in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul is now writing a letter to Timothy and Paul is asking Timothy for him to bring Mark Mark John with him for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. So the same John, the same it's Mark John. I, I don't know why they have the two names there, but the same Mark that they, that, Paul did not want to give a second chance. That's the same Mark that he is now asking Timothy to bring along with him. So early on, Paul didn't want to give him a chance, but Barnabas did. So what that looks like to me is that yet again, Barnabas was able to give somebody else a chance at redemption. And he was able to mentor Mark to come into a better place so that Paul can now accept him and want him to travel along with him and um, do ministry with him. So Barnabas gave Paul a chance and Paul went on to write at least half of the New Testament that we have today. So this is showing us how the same way when we um, learned about Onesimus and Philemon and Paul was pleading for Onesimus's case, we saw that Forgiveness made way for redemption. And here again, we see Barnabas forgiving, being forgiving, being loving towards Paul, and that gave him a chance to have redemption. Then we see Barnabas doing the same thing for John Mark, forgiving him. And uh, even though he made a mistake, he allowed him to travel with um, and do ministry with him and how that forgiveness gave him a chance at redemption. So This is the type of love. The reason why when we read some of the letters that Paul wrote, you can see how he may have been harsh then in Acts, but we, we see in the letters that he wrote to the Thessalonian church, like we can see like how his heart grew for the people, because this is the type of love that he sat under. Barnabas was a mentor to him. So this is the type of love that he experienced. Hebrews 10 verse 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good work. Another version says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love. And I believe that Barnabas was a stimulator. He was he he was known as an encourager, but he stimulated Paul, he stimulated um Mark John. That that's what he did. He did because a lot of the people that Sat under Barnabas, his teaching, his mentorship. They went on to be leaders of the early church as well. So um, I would like to read Colossians 3, verse 13 through 16 for us. Let's see. It says, um, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. The um, part that I really like about this scripture, verse 13, it says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Barnabas made allowance for Paul's faults. He made allowance for John Mark's faults, and he was able to forgive and move, move past that. A lot of times we want more grace. Than we are willing to extend, right? So in in this situation, Paul was over here crucifying, uh, persecuting Christians, and yet he he was willing to give up on John Mark because he abandoned abandoned him. It didn't say John Mark killed people or he did anything half as bad as Paul did, but he was ready to just let him go. A lot of times we, we want that grace. We want that love, but we're not willing to extend it. We're not willing to be that vessel of hope or of love or of grace. Counterfeit love expects a return. It wants acknowledgement. It wants to be known. It's controlling. It's conditional, but genuine love, authentic love, it's patient. It is kind. In Acts 9, um, there was a story about a woman named Tabitha who Peter raised from the dead. It's a very short, um, I think there's like one verse about her. And the only thing that the scriptures tell us about her is that she was always doing kind things for others and she was helping the poor. But the fact that God thought it was necessary to record that about this woman named Tabitha, that she was kind. You know, and she was always helping others. I thought that was pretty cool, you know, because a lot of times we see people mentioned in scriptures, and there's like this one tidbit. It'll have like the explanation of their name, but for this woman, she was known by her for her kindness, for her love, and that's in Acts nine verse thirty six. If anyone wants to um, to look at that, love it does not boast. It's not proud. It's not jealous. It keeps no record of wrongs. It never gives up. It doesn't lose faith. It's always hopeful. It endures in every circumstance. You can speak as many language as exists. You can give all that you have to the poor. You can go to church 24-7, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. But if you do not have love, you would, not, you would have gained nothing. And that is all that I have to share for you guys this evening um, and I hope you were able to get something from it um, and so now we will open up the floor for discussion um, feel free to ask any questions to uh give any commentary that you have from of course um the teaching that I just did but also if you have anything to share about the past few teachings that we've Um, heard from Apostle Teresa, you are more than welcome to share in this moment. Shakita wrote, Tabitha, which is translated to Dorcas, this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Apostle Pamela, I do see your hand up. You can go ahead.
1: Yes, Sam, thank you so much for this excellent lesson and thank you for um, giving us another lens. I know since Sunday, I mean, every scripture that I read that has God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, um, Lord, the word, as um, Apostle Teresa instructed us, I have put love in my mind has been just blown just by the revelation of it, but not just that how much love he has has bestowed upon us and called us friends and just, you know. And then tonight to, to turn it back on to how maybe we have struggled in the past with understanding and receiving what a great love it is and how deep and how wide and just how awesome it is. And then just to turn around, once we grasp that little bit, to turn around and understand that we are his love story just because he loved us. And just tonight, you did a wonderful job. Thank you so much. I'm a background person, I love that history. So thank you, thank you, thank you for making the connection because sometimes, I know I haven't made that connection that maybe it was Barnabas, his impartation, his mentorship that actually allowed Paul to be able to be the minister of reconciliation Um, and write so many books connecting us um, to the love of God. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It was outstanding. And I got enough scripture in here to munch on. Appreciate you.
2: Hey, Minister Sam, phenomenal teaching. This is Apostle Teresa. I just wanted to read this because you gave a lot of history too. So this is just in line. It's Romans 11. I just want to read what Paul said about himself. Uh, Well, just this part. Romans 11, one, he said, I asked then did God reject his people by no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what the scripture says in the passage about Elisha, how he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed to, to the knee of Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. I want to read this in a different way, just the first part of it. It says, I asked then, did love reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. Love did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know that the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to love against Israel? I just wanted to share that because when now when we look at Paul's life, I think and we see these examples, powerful examples that we were given tonight. And we look at um, how Paul dealt with Mark. (laughs) You know, he was like, look, you got to go get it together. And when you get it together, I'm here. So we know that Mark made some decisions along the way. And then we get back and we see Paul recognizing that because love does that. And I just want to say thank you for hammering that point in. And I just want to encourage everybody, continue to remember that God is love, he doesn't teach love, it's not just his words have love, it's not that he demonstrates love, but that this is how he identifies himself all through the scriptures a God of great mercy, a a God of great grace, even the wars, even the ground opening up. If you go back and look at those things, wherever the name of God is, think about the illustration of that magnet, and we'll have more insight on love from that perspective. But I'm just blessed. I'm blessed by all the Tuesday nights, and this one is no different because I believe within each one of us, there's something God really wants to reveal, especially with all the crazy happening in the world right now. We have a lot that's taken place over the last five or six days, and we need to really press in to understanding that love still rules in the midst of everything that's happening. God bless you, and thank you for giving me this moment to share.
0: Thank you, Apostle Teresa. Um, and it, it's hard. It's hard in this day and time, seeing everything that's happening to still be able to embody that love. It's, it's very, very hard. Um, but thank you definitely for sharing.
2: We have to fight that. This is the one thing that I hope we always remember. The hardest thing is to love. And forgiveness is tied to that. You can't have love without forgiveness. You can't have forgiveness without love. But if we remember we're loving God, it won't be about what people do. It's so hard to learn. All we have to do is love God. How can I love you, God? And Holy Spirit will help us um, with the other because we're all angry about the things that have been happening. But loving God will move us into a position to be able to let it go. We have to love God greater than we hate what's happening. And so I just want to share that with you. It's hard, but that's how the kingdom operates. It's foolishness to the world system. That's what earlier this year I mentioned to you guys that I was going to do everything necessary to love the people that that hate me, which is one of the reasons why I had to get off Facebook because of all the political stuff. It was turning me against people that helped me in my walk with the Lord. And I know they love me, but they love their politics too. They're not seeing me in their politics, but they are loving me at the same time. So in order for me to exit that, I had to stop reading all of that stuff and concentrate on the good. And that's very difficult. You might be called all kinds of things by people, but you'll be called a son of God if we can figure out how to keep our eyes set on Jesus. It'll feel like we're dying to do that. But if we can do that, we'll have room if we're put face to face with those people and challenged to help them heal from wherever they are. So you all, we can do it. I know we can do it. I know we can do it. It's it's very difficult, but we have to determine in our heart that we're going to fulfill the greatest commandment every day, one moment at a time. Shakita, I see your hand is up. You can go ahead and share.
3: Thank you so much. I was having a, um, a moment of stillness. Um, Thank you for that, Apostle Teresa, because um, we do, and that's why this message of love is so timely, um, and that's why it's important for us to keep our gaze our gaze on God. I want to thank you, Minister Samantha, for just, I love the way, all the touch points for um, love and forgiveness and even mentorship. And I was thinking about, you took us back to um, Saul being right there when, um, Stephen was murdered, basically. And that just that conversion on that road to Damascus, when he was there, that that was not the pinnacle, that God just continued to work on him and work through him. The other thing I was thinking, I love what you said about Paul, because whenever I hear that story about Barnabas and Paul, I think I've heard it one or two ways. One, that Barnabas was not right, either people kind of put Paul up and say he was the right one um or or they say they both you know um had their way of doing things and it was you know it's not resolved or that um yeah one or two ways and so that I I just appreciate you saying that this was a moment in time when Paul said you know he was not willing at this time he wanted him to kind of get his act together, but then he had to go back and rethink some things and it's right there in the scripture, but I don't think that I've heard someone when talking about that message or reading that uh, scripture um, said it in that way. It was mainly, you know, they went separate ways and because you don't hear a lot more, you hear more so about Paul, less is said about Barnabas, but, um, and, and less is said about his role in Paul's life. I think we forget that sometimes. But I love how you wove everything together through this love and forget, forgiveness, put, putting it together, um, because it is a timely message. I was thinking about that this morning, you know, with everything that's going on, like Apostle Teresa said. And you have to really, you do have to fight for it. You have to command your mind to say, "I." even though all this chaos and mayhem and havoc is going on around me, like, I have to choose love. I have to choose love. Um, and not involve yourselves in these conversations, um, where others may, you know, kind of spew their venom and try to get you attached to that. But I love this lesson, as always. And um, I just love the, the background that you gave and all of the scriptures that you gave as well. Everything was just beautifully woven together. Um, and it's it's i I'm, I'm just you know as I'm speaking, I'm meditating, I'm speaking, and then Apostle Teresa said something. It's just a lot to think about, but it's good stuff, it's all good stuff to help us to grow so again, thank you so much
0: thank you for um for sharing that chiquita, and I'm gonna have to <laughs> to meditate on what Apostle Teresa shared because it's almost as if like it's almost as if you're you're crazy if you love like if you decide to show love despite what you see it's it's like it's like you're an outcast or like you're not representing Christ or you know Christ threw threw up tables and and that it's it's like that's how we're supposed to 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 behave and i don't it's just it's a lot to to think about it's it's a lot and it's easy to say that you love those who think like you who believe the things that you do but when you are confronted with someone who disagrees with your existence or it's it's just it's a different level of love that you have to, that you have to display. And I'm sure, um, Paul thought Barnabas was crazy, you know? So, but yeah, um, just thank you for the commentary. Go ahead.
2: How real do you want us to get on this conversation? Cause <laughs> I, I want to go a little further, but I don't want to be offensive to anyone, but I will tell you, I've gotten, um, recently I've gotten some prophecies that I knew were um, directed toward the way that I do ministry is if I have to choose sides between my race and between um, my faith. And um, so I'm just, I'm not, I can't say the prophecy because if I do, everybody will probably know who I'm talking about. (laughs) So I'm not going to, um, are we recording?